0: Good morning, everybody. As I said, it's a pleasure to see you all here with this church totally full of people on this wonderful July 4th weekend. Wink, wink. Um, (laughs) So today, in uh, in this lesson, which we're learning from the gospel, we're talking about signs. We're talking about signs. For some people, for some Christians, signs are very important. If they're waiting to make an important decision in their life, maybe they're waiting to ask somebody to marry them, or to accept a job offer, or to go on a trip, they're going to wait for a sign. They want a divine sign that is going to show them that this is the right decision for them to make. What is that sign? Who knows? Sometimes people come to me, they say, Do you think this was the sign? God knows if that's the sign that you're waiting for. If it's not my sign, I can't tell you anything about it. I'm not here to interpret those sorts of things, omens and whatnot. No, I could just tell you about the gospel. Today we're going to talk about what the gospel has to say about signs. But first and foremost, let's just acknowledge that certain types of signs are very important in our lives. And I'm not just talking about stop signs. Those are very important. I've ignored a few of those in my life, and I've gotten into trouble for it, just as Kieretzkein. And I'm not just talking about um, clouds in the sky. I'm talking about signs in the way that the people during the time of Christ would have looked at signs as evidence, as proof. Now, these ideas and concepts are very important. Scientifically speaking, the scientific method is worthless if we don't have evidence, if we don't have proof, which is quantifiable and verifiable. We need to have signs in as much as they're measurable, okay, for science to advance, for us to be able to say things definitively. Legally speaking, proof and evidence is very important, You can't make any sort of viable legal statement if you don't have something to back up your claim, okay? Academically speaking, the entire academic world is built upon being able to provide evidence for the claim that you're making. All of these things are very, very important. Now, the problem is, the problem is this. People take that approach to thought and they apply it to every aspect of their lives, And it's not applicable in every aspect of our lives. And I'm not just talking about faith. I'll give you this very simple example. Go and ask your parent, why do you love me? Or have your child ask you, why why do you love me? Have you ever been asked, maybe by a significant other, a wife or a husband, why do you love me? Go ahead and try to answer that question and provide evidence for your claims. You can't do it. You can't do it. You could try. You could say a lot of very eloquent, beautiful, poetic things. Poets have been trying to answer that question for centuries upon centuries. But believe me when I say that even the most basic poet would say that question remains unanswered. Because it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter that goes beyond our linguistic capabilities to be able to explain why it is that we love someone. There's my daughter, Mane. I love her very much. If she were to say, Baba, you're my child. I love you. Is that evidence? Is that a sign? Is that proof? That's just a statement of the reality of things. And the reality of things is that I love her. I can't explain it. There's no sufficient evidence for that reality, for me to be able to explain it. Even when, Okay? So, in this way, we have to realize that there are areas in our life where signs, proof, and evidence fall short of what it is we would demand of them to be able to verify certain claims. And in the realm of faith, this too is also an issue. I recently had a conversation. with a member of our community. And they were in earnest having a conversation with me about faith. You know, about the Christian faith. What evidence is there to support it? They were believers, but they were taking up the cause of the atheist and they were trying very hard to find cracks in our arguments for the um, veracity and for the truth of our Christian faith. And I was, it was a fun conversation. We were going back and forth. We were going back and forth. But no matter how much you defend the Christian faith, and we, and we call that apologetics, that's a, that's a fancy term to describe defending your faith. No matter how much, how well, or how perfectly you defend your faith, you get to the point where faith is necessary. <laughs> you get to the point where signs, proof, and evidence fall short. They can never be completely explained in those terms. That on some level, if somebody isn't willing to take that step, that leap of faith that brings them to the point where they can, believe, they, can, they can truly believe something which has not been evidenced, proven, or measurable, without that step, no matter how small it could be, no matter how much proof you can offer, then faith simply isn't faith. Faith is a relationship. When you're talking about love between two people and you're establishing that love, it takes a long time to establish that relationship. It takes a long time, and so it is with faith. Now Christ, in a very clear and evident way, presents this dichotomy between evidence and faith in this passage today. When he's challenged by the Pharisees, as he always is, God bless those Pharisees. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have gotten a lot of the Bible. A lot of the New Testament. The Pharisees challenge Christ, saying, Show us a sign. Show us a sign. They demand a sign from Christ. A sign of what? They call him teacher, rabbi. Show us a sign. A sign that he's the Messiah. A sign that he's the chosen one. A sign that he's the Savior. A sign that he's the Christ. The Christ is a synonym for these things. Show us a sign. Forget the fact that he'd been doing things all over the place, miracles, that he'd been revealing truths, that his teaching was transformative in the lives of his followers. Forget all that. They still wanted a definitive sign. It wasn't enough for them. Does Christ give them a sign? No. He says it's a wicked generation that demands signs. It's a wicked generation that would demand proof, especially when the proof is standing right in front of you. Christ himself Christ, the embodied incarnation of God, standing right before them, and they want that proof. He says they'll only get one sign, and it's this it's the sign of Jonah. Who was Jonah, and what sign is he talking about? Jonah was the guy who was in that whale, remember? Or he was in a whale for three days. Famous uh, story that we all learned in Sunday school. Christ says, I'm not going to be in a whale for three days. I'm going to be in the earth for three days. That's the only sign that you're going to get. What was he talking about? Talking about the resurrection. Talking about the resurrection. That's the sign. It's the only sign that matters. It's the sign I'm giving you for all time that I am who I say I am, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Redeemer. And when I had this conversation, it landed in this very same place same place it always does. Do you accept the truth of the resurrection? Do you accept this sign? Do you accept this testimony, this good news which comes to us from the gospel, which, by the way, has a lot of real evidence that supports it? Do you accept it? If you accept it, then you have to accept everything else. If he was resurrected then the rest of the Bible comes along with the package. If he was resurrected, then he is the Son of God, and he is who he says he was. If he was resurrected, then the truth of the Christian faith is established and undeniable. If you accept this one sign, the only sign which he said he would give these people, and he did give, then the rest follows. And so he's given that as a gift to them, and he's given that as a gift to us as well. If ever there's a moment of doubt in our lives and we're looking for a sign look to the resurrection. It's the only sign that we need that verifies that Christ is who he says he is, that he loves us, and that he stands by our side each and every day, helping to make us worthy to glorify him along with his Father in heaven and the Holy Spirit. Amen.